You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been cleared for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And I'm Cliffy D. You can also find me on Twitter. And if you want to follow me, go ahead over at at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouette's Flight Deck is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code Deck 10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. Head on over to www.sportbuffshop.com for all of your sporting needs. And as always, make sure to support local. Have you missed any of the episodes of the Alouette's Flight Deck over our past seven plus years of broadcasting? Well, don't worry. You can look, look up all 204 episodes and listen to each one of them again by heading over to alouettesflightdeck.ca. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can also do so by following us at Alouette's FL Deck. Facebook, you can look for us over at Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. Instagram, over at Alouette's Flight Deck. We are where we are continuing to do the uh, the Flight Deck Live broadcast, which we are really, really loving uh, to do for you guys post-game. And if you don't happen to catch them live, well, you can see them also uh, on the, the archive over at our YouTube channel, which is over at youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. And lastly... If you're looking to rep some merch from the Alouette's Flight Deck, whether it be a logo t-shirt or whether it be our very, very popular selling uh, Cartoon Bird 56T, you can do so by heading over to our store at teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck. Bye weeks, man. I know we're, we did just, we're into one, but man, we cannot continue with the bye week that we're currently on without talking about the game that we just that, that the Owls just played this previous week and mm-hmm. you know there's no spoiler that yes the Alouettes did lose the game okay yes we've lost three in a row but a look who we've lost to we've we've been in each of these games except for really one but this game itself versus Toronto, them coming in undefeated, a divisional opponent, um, this was such an entertaining game. It really was. And it's probably one of the most entertaining games I've seen in quite a long time. Just the back and forth. Yeah. It, it really felt like a heavyweight contest. Like both, both teams essentially were trading haymakers. And it was great because everybody expected the Alouettes to just roll over and die. And... They did not get that memo. They came in to fight. They came in to prove that, hey, we are able to hang with just about anybody in this league. And that the the, the game out in BC Place, which let's not forget, folks, the Elwes had played earlier in the week last week mm-hmm. out in BC Place, out on the West Coast, flew back home on the red eye, basically had two days of work, so to speak, like as, as far as practice goes, and then went and played against the defending Grey Cup champions and hung with them and damn near won the game, too. That's the other thing, too, is not only did they hang, they actually led for a little bit and looked 
in- incredibly good. I mean, like the, Toronto would do something and Montreal would answer. It was just back and forth, back and forth, and entertaining as hell. I mean, that, that's the thing too. And everybody, everybody had noticed just, wow, this is a good game. These are actually two pretty good teams and evenly matched. Everything about this game was entertaining from start to finish. I mean, yes, it's unfortunate the Alouettes couldn't quite close cl- close the door on the on the Argos. Uh, the Argos end up uh, now now they're four and zero, still undefeated. And I mean, I mean. This was just such a good game, such a good game, a good atmosphere. Everything about this really was so much better than what I think anybody had anticipated. Oh, I agree. I mean, and, uh, you know, even though the Owls did lose 35-27, you know, yes, we knew what the, 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 um, the lines were. We know how everybody picked. But you know what? The score really is not indicative on how good this game was. I mean, it, it had shades of everything. Shades of old playoff games. It had shades of uh, the uh, the Firefly game. I mean, it was just everything encom- it was en- encompassed into this one, you know, three-hour period in itself where, again, as you said, it was like a heavyweight boxing match. Just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you know, it, it, like with any any game, a team takes advantage of certain things, and that that's what the Argos were able to do. There there were some some very glaring things that the that the Argos took advantage of, and it, it, obviously it's something that we hope that the Alice will be able to correct. And hey, they got thirteen games left. They have thirteen games left. Yes, they're two and three. Um, is it weird to say it's a good two and three? I, I, I don't think I've ever. ever thought i'd say it's a good two and three i completely agree with you i mean but uh you know crazier things that happen just look what happened this week in the cfl alone just alone it was just a a crazy week overall crazy week and and again entertaining like that's the one thing you have to ask were you not entertained by this weekend i mean unfortunately for our friends over the turf district i mean the the elks unfortunately that was not so entertaining. I mean, it was entertaining if you're a Tiger Cats fan, but mm-hmm. those three games, like the Friday and the two on Saturday, those were just absolutely fun games to watch. And I mean, just incredible football. And just the fact that you're you're sitting there watching and you see how people are reacting online, and just the the buzz that's being generated is like, oh my god, like this is must see TV. Like you got to sit, you got to watch the whole game, and. and you say that about the the Montreal Toronto game, the Ottawa Winnipeg game, and Saskatchewan Calgary even was just back and forth, lots of lots of excitement. Like it, it really came down to the wire for all of those games. It it's, was just incredible football to watch, and that's what the CFL needs. That's what the CFL desperately needs to sell themselves with is games like those three games. Yeah, like I, I, unfortunately for the for Elks fans, I mean it. Hey, you know, uh, yeah. yes, I agree with you. Sorry, you know, they they have set you know a dubious record of going O for the last twenty at home, but it, but it the I guess one of the positive things that came out of the game itself was uh, was the, the new meme from Dustin Nielsen. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is happening? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's 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 a new thing. So, um, yeah, I, I again. Coming into this game, I, you know, I was, I think all Al fans I would think were pretty hyped for this, you know, despite what happened. It was tough. One week, you know, we're coming off of the, of heading out to BC, 
Uh, coming back on on the Monday at 6, a, 6 a.m., having the Tuesday off also, only practicing once. That's tough. I can only imagine how tough it is when you're trying to get a, uh, a game plan together but have only one full day of practice. And But you know what, dude? You never would have known. You know, Coach Moss and the, and the coaching staff had one hell of a game plan going into this game. Yeah, and don't forget the Argos came off the bye as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they were rested. They they were ready for the Alouettes, or at least they – well, I mean, in, in, in all, for all intents and purposes, they should be ready for the Alouettes. But uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, Coach Motch and, and the staff definitely had uh, – they, they definitely put together a solid game plan and doing the things that they had to do. They had to find a way to make Chad Kelly uncomfortable and – you, you saw the pick that he threw. Like he threw it again. Like that was an ill-advised throw, yeah. and Marc Antoine Decroix took total advantage of it, as he's been doing this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt for the most part, aside from like one or two really big runs, they managed to keep AJ Olette honest. Like they they kept him under control. He's still a bowling ball, though, man. He, he, he really is. I, I, I've said before, and I'll say it again. Like you cannot tackle this guy. But I mean, like for the most part, they. The Alouettes were able to like he like Olet's been able to run rush out over just about everybody, and yes, he did rip off a couple of huge runs against the Alouettes last Friday. But I mean, by and large, they contained him. They were able to stop him right there and then, and just it was minimal yardage until finally he he went off. But I mean, I said like if you're gonna win, if you're gonna win this game or at least be in this game, you gotta control Olet. You gotta make Chad Kelly work for everything and. By and large, he did. Like Chad Kelly, really had to make plays happen, and hats off to him. I mean, that that guy is a baller. I, I know there's a lot of people that were hating on him because of some of his comments about basically using the CFL as a stepping stone to get back to the NFL. Yeah, and I mean that's that's what but you know what he is doing. What he has to do in order to reach that goal. And I said, like, if you if you're an NFL player that was cast aside, you come up to the CFL. That's your opportunity. That's your 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 second chance, so to speak, to prove that you are who you say you are. And by and large, Chad Kelly is doing exactly that. And Argos fans have to be excited about, you know, first of all, you're you're defending Grey Cup champions. There's no hangover, clearly. I mean, I mean, this guy is he's doing the thing. He is definitely doing what he has to do. And yeah, if, if it ends up that he ends up going back to the NFL, then he did it exactly the way that everybody expects you to. Is like go to the CFL ball out and yeah you just might be able to get yourself back into the nfl and and send a game check to same send your game check to mcleod bethel thompson because if if Macbeth had not gone had left the cfl and played in the usfl this year we i don't know if we would be talking about chad kelly the way the league is this year and i i can't help but laugh did you know that uh, in 2021 the elks and the argos made a trade that's essentially how nick arbuckle ended up in edmonton and it was for the draft rights to a neg player. That neg player was Chad Kelly. What is happening? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry, guys at the Turf District. If you feel like I'm piling on, I promise you I'm not. It's just these are the, just the unfortunate things that have come about. But uh, And also, too, I think Chad Kelly had even said like if he was going to go to the CFL, he wasn't going to go out west. So... Now, again, that could just be talk. That could just be yeah. trying, trying, you know, trying to stay as close to Buffalo as possible because as, as it's too bad we don't have Rod Black anymore to remind everybody ad nauseum that Chad Kelly is the nephew of 
Bill's legend, Jim Kelly. Yeah, he, he wasn't trying to pull an Eric Lindros, was he? No. no I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, not that, playing for Quebec. Um, yeah. That's it. I, I Believe me, if that was his only opportunity, I'm pretty sure Chad Kelly would have gone to Edmonton. But uh, lo and behold, he ends up in Toronto, which is a very close proximity to Buffalo. Maybe that's that was the plan all along. Mm-hmm. So, so be it. But Chad Kelly is doing what he has to do, and you got to give him props for that. And yeah. people may not like him because of his his comments or whatnot, but the kid can ball. That that's all there is to it. He's he's definitely proving it. And as I said, Argos fans have to be excited about having him as their QB one. Yeah. Now we know obviously that, you know, the score of the game itself, and we're going to be talking about uh, how it actually happened. But I think one thing that we need to comment on first and foremost, Cliff, is that um, we were expecting to have a a slightly different look uh, in the uh, defensive backfield, but due to something that happened during warmups for Seante Evans, who had just been activated off the, off the six game, Mm-hmm. He didn't play. He was a, he was a late scratch, and it, and it just makes you wonder how much that played into certain things that happened during the game. I have no doubt in my mind. I'm sure it made, it made for big changes because uh, originally Cordell Rogers was put on the practice squad with the with the thought that. Siante Evans was going to be reactivated and in the lineup. And as you said, goes out for warmups, tweaks something again, and Cordell Rogers is back in. So, And it's enough, by the way, if, if you uh, fans don't know, that Siante has been placed back on the injured list. Yeah, which sucks. Quite yeah. frankly, it sucks. And uh, again, during Flight Tech Live, we talked about this and... Once again, I, I have to wonder if during this bye week, Danny Machocha just do, do you pick up the phone? You know, Patrick Levels is sitting waiting for that opportunity. He's waiting for that phone call from a CFL club, waiting for someone to get injured. It would absolutely suck if it's because of Siante that getting hurt again. Do you, you? I think you have to make the call. I think you have to pick up the phone, call Patrick Levels, bring him back in blue and red, and because this secondary. By and large, is good, but there's some glaring weaknesses, and that's something else we're going to have to talk about. Unfortunately, it's the elephant in the room. Well, unfortunately, it, it is, and and during, sometimes during the game, as we saw, the defense, uh, um, the defense, Kento do it. <laughs> you know, I had to do it. I had to use were, it. Well, that's it. I think the the as I said, the Argos Kentoned there, the yeah, Alouettes yeah, exactly. So at the end, and that's. It's it, you know obviously we feel for I mean you have talked about Cabinetto the entire year how well he's done how well he did in camp obviously it was enough for him to be able to to grab a spot on the active roster mm-hmm. but man and yes you did bring up the point to me post game that, that that we have had other players that had had garbage first years but were given a chance farther down the line and they became very good defenders in this case though. With nobody there to help, and what and how he was drastically, drastically, uh, continuously overmatched, especially this game to give up three receiving touchdowns. Props, though, on that last touchdown on the on the winning touchdown for the Argos because that was one hell of a catch. But still, yeah. 
but still, you getting burned three times, and if I'm not mistaken, and I, I, it's anywhere between, I think, between five and six TDs that he's given up this year alone in four games. Excuse mm-hmm. me, in five games. That's not, that's not good. That's not good. No, and that's the thing, too, is, yeah, there, there is definitely a learning curve to playing in the Canadian Football League, and that's what a lot of these players that we, I talked about, like, again, let's go back to 2021, Adarius Pickett. He was in the secondary and looked lost out there. Uh, in 2022, though, he redeemed himself and, uh, or, or sorry, in, yeah, 2021, uh, he redeemed himself in a big way. Uh, 2022, Wesley Sutton, also in the secondary, looked out of place. And you even had to wonder, like, does this guy even know how to play football? But he got he got his act together. He, he got it figured out and is without question, one of the top defensive players that this Alouettes team has and has played outstanding football like in the, the latter part of 2022 and even into 2023 has definitely been doing doing the thing and, and we're thrilled to have him on. And this is why I have to ask, okay, could KB and Ento be that guy in 2023? Could he, you know, maybe by the end of the year he will have figured it out, but at the same time, like, you list those games that he he was just torched constantly, torched for touchdowns. And can the Alouettes really afford at this point to do, not to do something to to let him figure it out, let him you know take his lumps like that? Like to me, I, I'm thinking like there's got to be some veteran presence that can come in and take young Cabian under under their wing and show him like, listen, you got to stop doing this, this, and this because kid, you're getting torched. I mean, bad. That's why I, I go back to maybe it's the Patrick Levels that has to come in and be that guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there is another outstanding player in the secondary that can come in and and be that that calming voice, that sort of veteran presence that can take a, a youngster like that and do like you know the things that, for example, someone had taken uh, Darius Pickett aside and, and got him right. Somebody took Wesley Sutton aside and got him right. Can someone do that for Kay Bianento? I sincerely hope so because right now, I mean, I I feel so bad because, yeah, he looked so good in training camp, and then it just there was no place to go but down, unfortunately for mm-hmm. for KB and and that that's unfortunate because I I don't want to pick on the guy, I don't want to hate on him or anything like that, and I don't, but at the same time, I I don't necessarily blame him for the Alouettes losing to the Argos, but I mean when you get torched. Not once, not twice, but thrice. And one was, again, one was the winning touchdown. Even though the Owls had a chance, which we're going to talk about. I mean, it was, you know. It's tough. I mean, it it really is tough. And I definitely feel for him. And I I sincerely hope he finds his way just like Sutton and and, and Pickett did. But in the meantime, like, the Alouettes have to be taking a good look at the secondary and saying, is this good enough it is as it sits right now? And yes, there, there have been injuries. There have been players that have been able to perform, but something's got to give. And that that's the thing is like, you, you got to take a good long look at this and say, is this good enough? And as it sits right now, it, it's very hard for me to be able to say, yeah, we're good. We're going to be good. Everything's going to be okay. I mean, I hope KB Nento finds his way. I hope he does like everybody else come into form, finds his way, and ends up being an outstanding part of this defense. But getting there is not half the fun in this case. 
No, and again, I mean, it, it always seems to be, and it's not us just that's just noticing these things about him getting, you know, continuously getting burned. Um, it, it's it, there are other fans who are, are openly, you know, frustrated and mad that it's the same. It seems to be the same player over and over again who just keeps getting burned. So I mean, it's uh, something has to be done. Uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, again, we'll see what happens uh, come Sunday, which should be the first day of of at least reporting for, you know, since the uh, when the bye week ends. So maybe the first day of practice. But we'll and, and we got to check the the rosters and check the transaction because there have been uh, there's been one change has been announced yet by the league or by um, by the Alouettes other than the, the change for uh, Seante Evans heading back to the uh, heading back to the injured list. Um, you know, I, I, again, it, it's it, we'll see what they what they do, and maybe there will be some changes that we don't know about. Cliff, we'll we'll have to go from there. So, um, well, that's the, and that's the thing with the bye week. Let, let's not forget last year during the bye week. That was unfortunately when uh, the Alouettes decided to make the move and uh, send Kahari Jones and Baron Miles packing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, allow Danny Machocha to come in as head coach and Noel Thorpe to return as defensive coordinator. I, I mean, bye weeks are a crazy thing because that's typically when sometimes teams make, or at least the Alouettes seem to make some sort of a significant move. And we haven't heard anything just yet. So, I mean, this is technically the second bye week. So, I mean, that could be playing a factor in it as well. But, I mean, I, I, I have to think that Danny Machocha is taking a look at things and. Is there a move to be made? Maybe there, ha- maybe there has been. Maybe one's already been made. We don't know, but you know, maybe we just have to wait till Sunday for that first day of practice for the week to decide. Okay, yeah, something's got to give, and uh, this is it. So, as always, folks, stay tuned. You know, we're, we're going to update our socials. We're going to let mm-hmm. everybody know what's what's happening as soon as the team does something. If they do something you know that we're going to let you know as well. Exactly. By the way, the only one, the, the other thing that I was telling, that, that I was mentioning that hadn't been uh, announced officially yet um, by the league, or uh, maybe things will change, but supposedly um, Darius Stills, who a uh, defensive back who most recently played with the Massachusetts Pirates of the Indoor Football League has been signed by the team. Um, and we'll see where he's going to fit on the roster once it is officially made officially made official. So it's very possible that we'll find out as of Sunday where, where he's going to be placed into the, uh, into the roster. So, um, you know, and even though given that, what, what, what Ento gave up, you know, we still have to look at some positives before we get to the actual stats in itself. But this is one stat in itself that we can't go any longer without, without mentioning what about the come out party for one of the newest wide receivers on the Alouettes. Tyler Sneed, man. (laughs) What a game. Welcome to the CFL, Tyler Sneed. Oh, you know what? I'm going to use Dustin Nielsen. What is happening? (laughs) Absolutely incredible. And it's funny because we saw just a little snippet of this out in BC. He had a couple of nice little catches there. I was like, oh, Okay, okay, there's there's something there. And we'd been seeing it in training camp too and, and such. It's just this is what it comes down to, folks, is making the most of your opportunity when your number is called. And sure enough, Tyler Seed's number was called and he answered in a huge, huge way this past Friday. Oh yeah, no kidding. I mean it's I, I think the only it's funny, the only 
touchdown out of the two was this that were out of its three that were the was which wasn't a sure thing so to speak was the first one because you had him and KJG in the same location and I think there was a comment after I think we talked to KJG after the game and it it was the route it's the way the route was somehow the route that both of those two receivers happened to be together but he was able to pull the two defenders away from uh, from Tyler and he was able to catch his very first pro touchdown and you could the dude and then from there it got even better oh it was crazy and yet let's not forget too Cody Fajardo threw that ball into traffic and that could have easily been picked but I mean credit Tyler to for that concentration and for KGG to to see the play happening and he knew to not so not only get out of the way, but not interfere with it as well. And sure enough, Tyler Sneed, first CFL touchdown, first professional touchdown as well. I mean, absolutely outstanding. I was like, okay, well, what do you do for an encore? <laughs> what do you do for an encore? Cody Fajardo on, on third down, you know, does his best Harry Houdini act and just squirms out of trouble and, he, the the Argos had him dead to rights. I, I, we thought, okay, another sack. Here it comes. Whoop, whoop. And the guy, like, slick as hell. He just danced his way out and squirmed out of and just threw up a prayer. And lo and behold, the little toe-tap action from Tyler Sneed, second touchdown scored. Back-to-back touchdowns. That's outstanding. Like, okay, that was great. But now what? Because let's not forget professional football is what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you scored two touchdowns. What's next? How about the third touchdown? The, the, the Houdini that, act. <laughs> well, that that was the, the, the second touchdown was a Houdini oh, actually, act. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. The, this one caught everybody napping. I'm, I'm talking like second second and one, and Cody goes right into, uh, you know, like uh, into a quarterback sneak mode, like right to the plunge for the first down. No, he doesn't. He pulls it. Pulls away, and look, just a beautiful fade, like just like like a like a basketball, like a, like a you know, a, a, just a beautiful throwing up a prayer, basically. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Tyler Sneed is almost by himself, just one guy to beat, and he beat him. He did three touchdowns, like just explode. Like everybody exploded because uh, again, like Toronto had been scoring touchdowns, had been you know taking the lead, and. Cody had to respond. The Alouettes had to respond. This offense had to respond. And they responded in a huge, huge way. I mean, this was just absolutely exciting. Uh, credit has to go to Cody Fajardo. Just the guy who's a warrior, 100%. Like, he proved, yeah, he gets sacked a lot. Yeah, he, he gets frustrated with things. He, yeah, maybe he does, you know, cause a lot of the, the issues himself. But you know what? He put the team on his back. And he marched them downfield, and he made magic happen. I mean, I, I was speaking with Cody Fajardo after the game, and I, I went up to him I'm like, "My God, where, where, where did you get the cojones to, to throw that? That was absolutely outstanding." And he laughed. He's like, "Yeah, I've, I've been saving that one for a while." I'm like, "My goodness, what, what an excellent time to pull that out!" And I mean, like I said, full, full marks to Cody Fajardo. I mean. I, I mean, the dude's a warrior. Simple, simply put, he is a warrior. I mean, there's, there's, uh, say what you will about him, but I mean, he he did what he had to do. He, you could tell it. He was fighting for this win, just like Chad Kelly was fighting for this win. And mm-hmm. I mean, just absolutely outstanding. I mean, I mean, I mean, but for Tyler Sneed, I mean, 
man, like now everybody knows who he is. And I'm telling you, I even said it. I think even during the uh, the uh, the game versus VC, I even said like you know, there's like shades of Ben Cahoon there. Yeah. yeah. And same thing. I mean, like those touchdowns, like like those were the dirty yards that Ben Cahoon would go out and get, and just that that gutsy effort. And yeah, he's a little guy, but my God, he can catch the ball and he he can make magic happen. And we haven't seen a player like that in a long time. Uh, you know who else he reminds me of too? Who also back in the day reminded me of uh, a Ben Cahoon? Who? Bo Bowling. Oh yeah. Number zero, Bo Bowling. Agent zero. I mean, that, uh, <laughs> I, same thing, just a little guy, but man, he can, he can make those catches happen and he can make, uh, you know, just he, th- doing the thing that he has to do. That's really what it came down to. And that's what Tyler Sneed does. I mean, he, he was absolutely outstanding and, and props to him. Just a absolutely gutsy, gutsy effort. I mean, and now, now you better believe people are going to be paying attention to to Tyler Sneed going well, forward. Well, so now we got three guys on the roster now that they have to look out for. Uh, Courtney Davis had a pretty good game too. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, again, we can start and getting look- these guys back. And supposedly, you know, after talking with uh, uh, with Tyson Philpott again this week post-game, it's very possible we're going to have another addition to the actual wide receiver core. So, man, who, can, who does what we're going to look like with Calgary? Yeah, and it's so funny because I, I keep thinking back to everybody at the start of the season saying, "Oh, Montreal's going to be terrible. They got no wide receivers. Who the hell are these guys? Like they they got nothing. They're going to be they're, without Gino, without Winicky. They're going to be terrible." Like, yeah, keep thinking that because I, I look at these wide receivers now: uh, KJG, Austin Mack, Tyler Sneed, Courtney Davis, uh, Tyson Philpot when he comes back. I mean. There are some dudes on this line, mm-hmm. the, on this receiving core. I mean, like these are guys that can make plays happen, and Cody knows this, and he's been, he's he's more than happy to to, to throw to these guys and, and make make things happen. So go ahead and keep, like keep sleeping on the team. Like that's this is why I keep talking about like as as far as a two and three team go. Like it's kind of funny to be feeling so positive about a two and three team. Yep, and, and even after a quarterback throws two ints, you know, one was at the game for Cody. At, at the end of the game, um, when we were driving, which we had to talk about too, and but the again, it's one it, he he hasn't been throwing interceptions, and that's what we want from a quarterback. That really, really is. No, and and that's the thing. He, he's making much better decisions. I I think he was given a little bit more time and space to work with. Yep, not yes, as many still, sacks. Yep, not as many though. I mean, he's still taking sacks, which is still not great. But I, I mean, I mean, for the most part. I, I think this offense is figuring itself out and st- able to hang. That's the thing mm-hmm. is be, to be able to play as well as you did against the Toronto Argonauts, who is still not lost and damn near came close to losing. I, this is one thing I, I want to talk about after Snead's third touchdown, the crowd came really came alive. The atmosphere became electric. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you alluded to it like the, the, you know, they busted out the, the cell phone lights and, you know, it, it was like another firefly game and the music, the club, club five, one, four, as they used to call it <laughs> came alive and the atmosphere just became absolutely electric. And then Chad Kelly decided, no, F that noise. And just, yeah, marched downfield, scored a touchdown. Still and, had a chance, but the ale still had a chance though, because after, uh, um, you know, after they after they kick their their uh, after they hit their 
they got their touchdown, um, you know, then Boris bid a bid aid, you know, <laughs> and miss the extra point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, 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 it held, sorry, it was on a field goal attempt. He, yes, he, he, he missed it wide. So it gave, yeah. still gave us a chance. That's the thing. And once again, to his credit, Cody Fajardo, that, that very, very last drive. I mean, yeah, that's where he unfortunately threw the, the, the interception that ultimately sealed the deal in the end zone. But same idea. Like, just don't give up. Like, that's, that's the thing is, and you can tell he's, he is not going to give up. He's not going to, you know, tuck his tail and go home. Like he, he will fight to the bitter end. And that too is something you want from your quarterback. That's something that you, you expect out of your quarterback is to put the team on his back and do everything he can to win the game. And man, could you imagine if, if it wasn't picked off, if somehow the Alouettes managed to pull off what Ottawa ended up doing, scoring with zero time left on the clock, going for two to force overtime. Mm. My God, that would have been phenomenal. And what also would have been phenomenal too is not, you know, giving up the touchdown that ultimately sealed the deal. But again, that's that's football for you, folks. I mean, it was just uh, the, the the incredible juxtaposition of how Alouette's fans got so hyped and so excited after that third touchdown by Sneed. And you'd think, okay, normally the defense would just take that and go with it. And if they could have somehow managed to shut down Chad Kelly and company get the ball back. Who knows what could have happened? But as I said, Chad Kelly was having none of that. And he, again, this is why he's a winner. Simply put, he he is a winner. And that's what winners do is they take all that. And he could have, you know, folded under the pressure and no, he, he rose above it. So Mm -hmm. props, props to him for doing it. That's exactly what winners do. And this is one of the many reasons why Toronto is still undefeated this season. Yep. Even, even with all the things, I mean, you know, they had, uh, 15 accepted penalties against Toronto for 157 yards. They had 18 total called against them, which is absolutely, you know, th- th- those t- in years past, those are Montreal numbers. You know, the Owls only had four of them for 35 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, and this, there was, and by, and by the way, a very rare, something I don't think we've seen yet in Montreal in a while, actually seeing an ejection for two unnecessary roughness penalties mm-hmm. by, uh, uh, by Jones on Toronto getting tossed near yeah. in, in, late in the fourth. So, no, I mean, that's that's the normally like undisciplined teams, those are the ones that just they don't win. But again, 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 it, it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, for Jardo, it was 26 of 36, Cliff. I mean, 281 yards, uh, three touchdowns, two interceptions. This, this to me is becoming a little concerning, but uh, it, it Stambeck did lead the team this week in rushing. Uh, 12 attempts, 53 yards, but only a 4.4 average. Uh, Jeshua Antwi had he, – he, he ran the ball in the third. We still have been able to find out if there was an actual issue with Stambeck in the third if, or if he was just getting a, getting a rest. Um, he may he may have been on a pitch count, I, I think, because I – I, mean, I swear I heard somebody say that, that, that he may have been – I mean, he may have had something, but again, I can't confirm this. So it's, I, I'm, anyways. I mean, he he looked okay post game. So mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 he was banged up or anything like that, it, you you wouldn't know just by looking and talking to him. So, no, I mean, but you know, you come on, you know from 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 the history and the amount of games and the amount of times that we've seen players after a game, they can still look normal. 
even if they even if they may have pulled something, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But but again, I can't yep. speak to it, so we're going to say we're going to stick with what you're saying. Maybe yep. it just maybe just a rest. So could be. And you know what? To his credit, like uh, Stanback, he was running angry, and I even said to him, like, dude, you ran angry out there tonight, and that was beautiful. He's like, but I need to run angrier because he was he was clearly not pleased with yeah the number. Like, even though he led the team in rushing, he that wasn't good enough for him. Like he. It was almost like, I can be better than that. I should be better than that. And mm-hmm. you have to believe he will be better than that. Yeah. So, I mean, folks, I mean, you, you, I would say don't poke the bear, but I think uh, William Stanback, like, don't poke him because he he will he will snap. He will go off on your team. So, And for the first time this year, too, by the way, we actually, Caleb Evans came in for short yardage. That hasn't happened all year for the Alouettes with, uh, with Cody on her center. Uh, but no, and, Caleb did and, it once, and I think then he stayed in for the next play. Yeah, and also a good idea too, just to get him, you know, a, a couple of reps, even if it is just short yardage. And it's funny because we expected him to be the short yardage guy all year, but yeah, uh, Fajardo's been taking most of his uh, QB sneaks and uh, any sort of third down uh, attempts. It's been all Fajardo, and as I said, a lot of teams seem to have been doing it. Like a lot of their starting quarterbacks have been doing their own quarterback sneaks and third down attempts mm-hmm. but uh, I think with the number of injuries that are starting to pile up uh, with quarterbacks uh, I think a lot of teams now are maybe starting to think oh maybe we should have get some of these guys in as well and get, get them on the field as, as much as we can so yeah and by the way speaking of injuries at least we have to say so to say something is that obviously we're our thoughts go out to Trevor Harris because that was that was one hell of an injury that he sustained this week and I, I had to look up what type of break? What type of break he or what type of fracture he had? I had no clue. I had no clue where that was located until I actually had to look it up. But yeah, that, our that, thoughts to him. Our thoughts to you, dude. Absolutely, and you know, people laugh because they they think I, I hate Trevor Harris just because I've been critical of his play when he was a member of the Alouettes, and rightly so. I, I it wasn't. It's not hate. I, I'm I'm just being honest. Like if I said like, listen, if I don't think he's performing the way he should be. You know, but again, when he does well, I'll give him his flowers. And yeah, towards the end, Trevor Harris definitely did become the kind of quarterback that should be playing here in Montreal. And uh, to the point where we were both confused and kind of unhappy with the fact that he decided to take his talents to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But okay, he went, he secured the bag. He, you know, obviously he was doing what's best for him. Kudos to him for that. And yeah, we want him to do well as long as he's not playing the Alouettes and just seeing him go down to injury like that, just a freak occurrence like that. That's tough. And I know they haven't ruled him out, you know, ruled out him coming back later on this year, but man, that's, I mean, he had surgery and he's definitely got a a bit of work ahead of him, but man, it's tough to see someone go down like that. It's, it's unfortunate. And yeah, I'm going to echo what you said as well. You know, our, our our thoughts go out to him as well, and hope hope hopefully he will have a speedy recovery and get back to doing what he does best. Exactly. Um, yeah, uh, Austin Mack again. Uh, the Big Mac led the team in receiving uh, seven receptions for 70 yards. Tyler Sneed, uh, excuse me, KJG was second for on six receptions for 64. Tyler Sneed with the three touchdowns. Perfect three for three targets and, and, and receptions for 48 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, William Stanbeck, great out of the backfield. Uh, uh, you know, uh, four receptions for 36 yards. 
Um, Courtney Davis, 44 yards on four catches. Uh, and lastly, Jeshua Antwi, one for eight. And uh, Herjim Ayala, one for 11. So, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy with this. And it's, you know, I think the only, you know, it's funny. One of the only funny things that, that, that I am actually frustrated with um, is the return game. Because seeing Mario Alfred go off like he has this year in Saskatchewan, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, Chandler Worthy does have a house call to his name this year, which is great. But, yeah, Mario doing it not once but twice against Calgary. Well, I, yeah, Chandler Ooh. also has one. But it was taken away too. So I mean, it's so he, yes, okay. So technically, yeah, technically is too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah, technically, technically, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Um, it, yeah, that's the thing. And yeah, one can't help but wonder what if. But at the same time, it's like yeah, it'd be great for Chandler. To, and you know, it's going to come. It's going to come. He's going to have that opportunity again and again. And again, I, I I don't like to think of it as a competition necessarily between those two. But I mean, yeah, definitely, I think uh, Chandler worthy. I mean, he has a couple of nice runs, too, to set up good field position for the Alouettes. So mm-hmm. y- y- it's coming, folks. It y- is. You know it's coming. That's our guy. No question about it. Yep. So yep. Yep. just got to be patient. That's all it is. Exactly. Uh, still got to give props, by the way, Chad Kelly. Only four incompletions the entire game. Uh, 21 to 25 for 351 yards in interception and three touchdowns. Uh, the leading uh, rusher was A.J. Willett. Uh, with 95 yards, and the leading receiver for the Argos was uh, Devaris Daniels uh, with uh, three catches for 91 yards. Um, but Monte Coxie, though, with that oh. absolutely outstanding. And again, you can't necessarily blame and well, I mean, Ento got burned <laughs> on that one, but that was such a nice catch. You're like, oh, I can't even be mad at that. That was so good, but oh man, yeah, exactly, and yeah. It, it's just what do you say? Okay, who was who the defender on that one? Oh, Ento. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, not getting any sacks. Are you are you getting a little concerned with that? I mean, yes, we gave. I know we gave up four, but us not getting the Chad Kelly. I mean, obviously props to, to the Argos, but um, still, we didn't get any sacks this week. I mean, and it didn't seem to be, the only one. Like I said the only mistake was the interception to uh, uh, to to Decois, So. Yeah, that, again, that was just an ill-advised throw against us. Like just trying to make something happen what he shouldn't have. Like that, th- there's nothing wrong with throwing the ball away. And I think Kelly, if he were to look back on it, he'd be like, "Yeah, just should have thrown it away," or, or, you know, threw it at somebody's feet or something. But yeah, trying to make that throw across his body like that was ill-advised. And hey, Mark Antoine de will take those interceptions all day long. Yeah, exactly. By the way, even though we did have a bye week, we you know we we're talking to uh, quite a few of the players post game. Um, a lot of them were staying in town. Mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. lot of them were staying in town, which which is great here. I mean, it's uh, yes, it's summer in Montreal, but you know, for this particular bye week, for them to stay at home, I, hey, I was I'm happy with that. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool to hear that a lot of them are going to be staying home. Yeah, I kind of wonder though, maybe if uh, travel costs was just not conducive. I mean, let's not forget it's summertime, so everybody's on vacation. A lot of people are on vacation, and that's when prices go up as well. So. Uh, I'm wondering if that was a, a bit of a factor in it as well. Yeah. Or maybe it could just be a simple matter of, hey, you know what? I'm here in Montreal. There are worse places to spend your summer than Montreal, folks. Let me tell you, with all the festivals going on and when when it's nice weather and everything's good, I mean, yeah, this is a great place to be. So I wonder if a lot of these players, instead of going home for a couple of days, decided, hey, let's, let me check out this city. Let me check out what this is all about. And I wouldn't be surprised, folks, if they this is this is where the players that come up 
fall in love with the city of Montreal. Is This is how they get to discover it and check it out and check out everything that makes this city such a, a beautiful place to live. And I think this is where you're going to see a lot of players like, yeah, I spent the bye week. I was checking out the, the old port. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to remember which player festival. I saw on social media take a, uh, take a photo over at the Orange Julep. I can't remember who that was, but I saw it on socials. Uh, oh, I know Wesley Sutton's been there. Uh, he seemed to he seemed to like it there. Yeah, it wasn't no. It, it was another another player this uh, that I saw uh, just this past weekend on Instagram, and I, I'd have to double check see who it was. But still, okay. Th- so they're but, they're, again, they're wrapping the city, so to speak. So big time. And uh, as I said, this is where players. If you ask any player that played here before, like this is where they fall in love with the city, as they, they get a chance to discover, like wow, this is really an amazing place, and uh, and I, I get to play here, I get to live here. This is incredible, and. That's what it is, folks. So I think that's what is for for a lot of these players. This is their opportunity to discover and see what Montreal is all about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so again, it'll be very interesting to see what's going to happen with with the team come Sunday. Uh, new faces. Uh, will there be certain faces that won't be on the team uh, or be re- relegated to the practice roster? We don't know. So you know, stay tuned to all of our socials to uh, to find out what what happens and when practices. If if it's practice on Sunday, I'm I'm going to be there. I'd love to be there. So I mean, it's. Uh, just to see them get ready for the Calgary Stampeders and then to how they're going to get ready for this game. And let's get back, you know, get back on track, man. It should be fun. Um, I know you, I'm going to let you talk about this because it, it's, it was a very unique situation for us. Um, just go in and tell us about our, the lovely, I guess we could say it's the lovely gift that we happen to receive this week uh, from a, a longtime Alouette supporter. Oh, my gosh this is after everything that had happened on friday night like just the fact that the you know such a great game being played and yeah it didn't go the alouette's way but i mean you still couldn't be mad at what you had seen for those three hours mm-hmm. uh closing cl- closing the stadium down again too <laughs> uh, yes yes after <laughs> after saying hello and talking to the players and everything like that and just getting to interact with all sorts of people was it's is, is such a blast yeah and and there, there really is nothing like it, folks. It, there, there really isn't. And off the top, uh, a longtime listener of our, our show, a huge Alouettes fan for several, several years, uh, and doing this in in Maryland, of all places. Uh, big shout out right away to Carl Anderton and his lovely wife, Sarah. Uh, or as I like to say, or as he comes out, Mr. and Mrs. Cornbread. <laughs> nice. Uh Absolutely fantastic people. Uh, Carl's been listening to the show pretty much from day one. Uh, it's so awesome to see, like knowing that he he works for the House of Representatives in in, in the state of Maryland. Uh, always listening to the show, always talking about interacting with us, and you know, anytime we've been able to do something for him as well, just to help ex- increase his experience here in Montreal, because he comes up at least once a year to see the Alouettes play, uh, sometimes twice, but. Uh, he has pretty much said at least once a year, hundred percent. Me and the misses are coming up here to to see a football game, which we think is amazing. I mean, let's let's not forget Baltimore, Maryland is uh, a good twelve hour drive. I want to say from is is it twelve ten or twelve hour oh, drive? I don't know. It's a good question, actually. In any event, it, it it's a bit of a schlep to get here from from Maryland to to Montreal. The fact that he does this every year is outstanding, and the players notice, and the administration has taken notice as well. Like they're like, wow, that is some serious fandom right there. Nine hours, nine hours. 
Oh, okay. Still, still not exactly not exactly down the street. You no, know, it, no, it, it is not. It, it's a drive. So every year your call comes up, and you know we 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 always try to make sure he's taken care of as well, and make sure that. Uh, you know, any sort of uh, giveaways he always do, we'll, we'll we'll try to snag an extra one for Carl and keep it aside from him. Or he'll ask us, "Hey, you know, you know, think you can give me one of these?" And like, yeah, we got you, man. No worries. You know, so we we've developed a pretty good friendship with Carl, and always excited to see him. Always, it's always exciting to sit and chat with him, knowing it's just going to be once a year to see him live. It's always it's always a blast to sit and talk football with him. And he he said he was coming up this year for the game against Toronto, and so okay, you know, as, as usual, we got the, you know, got a couple of little goodies for him, and he said, I've got a gift for you guys. Uh, I have to give it to you after the game though, because it's going to be a little bit difficult to bring into the stadium. I'm like, okay, well, you <laughs> certainly don't have to get us anything, you know, it, it, it it's not like that. So okay, after the game, you said you said it. We shut down the stadium essentially. We were basically one of the last ones to leave. So we head on over to the parking garage where he, where he's he's parked. Opens up, opens everything up, and he hands us both a paper bag. I'm like, what's this? So we we pull it out, and it's a flag display case with a flag like of the state of Maryland. I'm like, oh, okay. And there's a letter. So we open up the letter. It, folks, this is incredible. <laughs> Carl, as, as I said, works for the House of Representatives in, uh, in the state of Maryland. Uh, for both Tim and I, they have flown the flag of, of the state of Maryland in our name, for, for myself and for Tim. And it, is, uh, it has been archived. It has been, we, we have a, an official letter stating that this, the flag that each of us has has been flown in our name over the house. And, and, and Tim and I look at each other, and we're just like, "Holy crap!" Like, the, like we, we the, there's no words. I mean, no, this, we were speechless. We literally were speechless. Yeah. What, what do you say? This like, like this is such an honor. I mean, like this is incredible. I mean, it, it is going down. It, it is down. It is noted, archived, uh, saved forever in the, in the Hall of Records. That yes, on on this date. The flag, the, the flag of the state of Maryland has been flown in the name of Cliff Pine and in Tim Capper. Like, we each have our own flag that was flown in our names. And, again, just no words. I mean, this is just incredible. I mean, like... It's like now. Can, it's like now. It, it, just uh, telling the story, I don't know what, how you guys can... It's it probably again. It's probably one of the most unique gifts that I have ever received. A lot of thought went into this, and it's just, um, yeah, you know, a dude from the U.S. giving two, just you know, two uh, two guys that take, basically, you know, he, he met online, and you know, we all love football, and he he gives us this very unique gift. I mean, it's it's. Again, uh, it's still hard to talk about because it is don't we don't know what to say. We really don't know what to say. We're like when we saw the bags initially last week. So it's like, but, but again, yeah. it, Carl, it's thank you, man. Again, yeah, from the, from, but, from from us to you, you know, all, all the thanks in the world for these things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just you know, the fact that we we've come together because of this football team, because of this podcast. Uh, 
I mean, again, he, you know, Carl's been doing such a great job, you know, promoting us and, you know, showing the love all the way from Maryland, folks. I mean, let's not forget the Montreal Alouettes were originally the Baltimore Stallions. And that's how Carl became a fan of the Alouettes because he he, he fell in love with Canadian football. He, he still wanted to keep supporting the team because the team didn't die like the other CFL American teams. Like, the, as I said, they, they were reborn as the Alouettes. And he said, okay, that's still my team, and I'm still following them. And sure enough, uh, that, that fandom has has gone on for ever since. I mean, and that's like 25-plus years at this point that he's been dedicated to the Alouettes, which is absolutely outstanding. It, it's 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 so cool. And that's, there's no other way to describe it is that, yeah. And, you know, you go check out his Twitter at, uh, at Carl Anderton Jr., Check out the photos. Like you see him, he's rocking Alouette's gear. Mm-hmm. It, and by the way, in, in Maryland, I, and it's it, it's it's incredible. By the way, his uh, his diplomat ish like plate that was cool. Yeah, that no, that it's... was neat. And and just hearing the story about about you know being asked about it at the Canadian border is so damn funny. <laughs> it really is. I mean, like God forbid he should get a, a parking ticket in Montreal. Like I'm sure that they would have oh, no yeah, way. You're right. Like, how, how the hell do you enter this? Like, yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, God forbid if Carl ever parked illegally, the, I'm sure the, the, the meter mater, or, or I shouldn't say that, parking attendant attendant would just be like, F this. You know, fine. No, no. If we're going to call them anything, we're going to go by the old school term that they used to call them. And anybody who is a, who is a, an old school Montrealer will know this term. Asshole. No, well, no. I was going to say the green onions. Oh, geez, that's a deep dive. I know, eh? <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true, but... Yeah, I, uh, j- just for context, by the way, before they changed everything, these guys used to be in, was it brown ca- brown cars and green uniforms, or vice versa? And that's why, that's, that, that's how the term green onions got assigned, given, was given to them. Yeah. So yeah, Green yeah. Up. I just know I just know them by the term I use because yeah, I know. You know yeah. Thankfully, I haven't. I I will say though, I haven't gotten a parking ticket in what like five six years. Yes. So I think I'm. I, I must be doing something right at least. Something. At least I can read the signs. Yeah, something. Not uh, not like Chad Johnson when he was here and he was getting parking tickets left, right, and center. So well, you know, um, <laughs> I'm sure he he would have had that same expression. That yeah, I used. yeah. Uh, before we go, by the way, before we go, and again, uh, again, quick. Uh, uh, thanks again to to, to Carl because it's uh, if any guy, any of you guys want to are curious to see what we got, let us know and we'll be we'll be happy to maybe we'll maybe we'll post something and uh, see see what we got real quickly. Uh, I know we haven't talked about it much this year. I think I brought it up maybe once earlier. Is that you know the obviously the new upper deck series of cards has come out with all the Alouettes. You know, um, I, I think I did talk about it because we had a player uh, in our set this week this year um, that didn't play for the Owls last year. <laughs> Go figure. Um, but yeah. the CFLPA actually, CFLPA and Upper Deck came to Montreal last week, um, and had all of our guys do the signings for all the cards that are going to have signatures. Mm-hmm. So if you head over to the CFLPA, uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts, you, you guys will know now who's going to be representing the Alouettes in the 2023 edition of the Upper Deck CFL cards. So yeah, which is which is always cool, and the players get so excited about it because let's face it, I mean, you know, growing up, you 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 
collecting trading cards of whether it's baseball, hockey, football. I mean, it's it's fun and you, it's kind of a dream. Like you know, you've made it when you're on a, a play a card, especially to like an upper deck playing card. Is well, it's still, like the CFLP, the CFLPN stuff that we, uh, the the CFPN stuff that we did uh, that's been done over the uh, wow, it's done three or four years ago. That's this fun having your own card, as you said. Yeah, hundred percent. So I mean, for the players, like it's it's exciting to know that yeah, I'm going to be on a trading card. Like that is so cool. And you know, like I, I think at that point, like if you want a bunch of grown ass men to feel like little kids again, that's the way to do it. Knowing that yeah, I'm going to be you know signing all these uh, autographs, and they're going to be a part of my my trading card. Like that that's mm-hmm. such a trip. So yeah, and here's it's, just it's, just real quickly for those Walter Fletcher, KJG, uh, Greg Ellickson, uh, Reggie White Jr., Landon Rice, Wesley Sutton, Chandler Worthy, Tyson Philpott, Jeshwan Antwi, Tyrese Beverett, Louis, uh, Louis-Philippe Barassa, uh, Joseph Zima, David Cote, Najee Murray, and uh, Justin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for those cards next year when they come out, I guess in February, March, April of next year. Stay tuned. Yep. So either way. Do uh, – Obviously, bye weeks suck, but we enjoyed talking about the game this week. Obviously, we're glad you guys joined us to talk about, uh, again, one of the most entertaining games that we've seen uh, for the Alouettes in the last couple of years. And just uh, it was just a game to see. Obviously, you need to come to the very first Sunday night game for the Alouettes this year. That's going to be coming up for the next home game. We will be also starting the contest again for the one pair of seats for the Sport Buff Flight Crew seats, so stay tuned to all of our socials so you can uh, get in for that contest and get your seats for that Sunday night game. Um, it's going to be fun, dude. That's all, all I can say. Yeah, and as you said, bye weeks suck because there's no football to watch, and especially after... It's funny, both times the Alouettes go into a bye week after playing a phenomenal football game, just... You know, it just it just makes you makes you want it even more, and then you're like, "Oh, I gotta wait another week for this." And then, <laughs> yeah, the anticipation that's that's that seems to be a theme this year. It's just okay, play a now setting football game, win or lose, and then yeah, sit on the bye. But listen, that's just the way the schedule works out. Uh, yeah, but before you know it, uh, they'll be back to work, uh, getting ready for the uh, the game. Uh, on July 30th against the Calgary Stampeders, as you said, Sunday night game. So that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, let's let's see what happens. I, as I said, I'm ex- I have to believe some more moves are going to be made, especially with everything that's going on. So we'll we'll see what happens when the the, the fellows report back to work. And uh, you know this this you know, I said for a team that's two and three, having lost three in a row, I I, I, I it bears repeating. I can't believe to be feeling this good about a two and three team tells me they're doing something right. It's just a matter of now some, you know, if they get some breaks going their way a little bit and just tighten up things here and there, like this team could easily be three and two, even four and one. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, they know what they have to do and they just have to execute now. They, 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 this team knows that they can hang with just about anybody. Exactly. It really is just a matter of, doing the little things and just making it happen. Simple as that. Yeah. I, I know it sounds cliche, but I mean, that that's, that's really what it comes down to with this team. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely a lot to like. I, I, I know a lot of people have written off this team. A lot of people are down because it's, you know, they're two and three, losing three in a row. But I mean, realistically, like I, I look at the overall picture of things and 
there really is a lot to like. There is definitely a lot to be positive about, folks. I mean, it's just just got to come out and you know support this team. That's all there is to it. Exactly. So again, we will be back next week uh, with another great show. Hope to ha- line up something for you guys. Uh, obviously, as we are looking to to meet up with the uh, with the Calgary Stampeders, but uh, ag- again. Great game this, this past week, even though they did lose. Looking forward to the next one and looking forward again to speaking with you about the Montreal Alouettes. So for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Run final approach. Take Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.